Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show. Across the Fruited Plains and coming right into wherever you are. The C.L. Bryant Show is on the air, broadcasting throughout uh, the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank all of you for coming along with me as we build the bridge to conversation here Daily on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant coming to you over Red State Talk Radio, the talk monster. And uh, we certainly are glad that you have come along. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not. And uh, you'll see the talk monster, the Red State Talk billboard there above Ripley's Believe It or Not. And every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there on the big screen. And uh, C.L. looking right back at you. Yeah, he is. He's looking right back at you. And so I thank you for coming along. Hey, I've been gone. I was up in D.C. Um, yesterday. In fact, I tweeted and also Instagrammed out. A picture of me in front of Ford's Theater. Now, um, I asked the question in both Instagram and Twitter. uh, What do ask your children? I tweeted this out. I said, ask your children. Do they know? um, What happened there? That makes it a historical landmark. And then I ask, do you know? Because quite frankly, you know, yeah, you have uh, now uh, a generation of parents, grandparents, who have been void, absolutely devoid of American history. And forced theater... So many presidents want to liken themselves to that president who, hey, gave all, I guess, for the cause of advancing the, uh, the cause. You see, you see, you have people. Yeah, Lincoln was shot there. Just so just to break the suspense in case you're out there scratching your head or trying to Google it. Lincoln was shot at Ford Theater in April of 65, 1865. And... Uh, you see, you have these people. I, I, I'm tr- always trying to give you uh, ammunition to combat the lunacy that's being fed to you and your children. You see, because you're hearing, you're hearing that so many from from so many uh, so-called historians and, and and scholars and all this on. Well, you know, Lincoln uh, Lincoln was no no real friend of. Uh, Black people, he didn't care anything about them whatsoever. Well, I tell you one thing: John Wilkes Booth thought so. 
<laughs> yeah, he did. John John Wilkes Booth thought he did. Oh, he thought he was a, a lover. Yeah, he did. He thought it, and he shot him for it. And 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 folks, that's the bottom line. And as far as as as, as 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 always having to combat what the war was about and and why uh, people fought the war to hold on to the slaves and the, the whites in the north fought on fought to hold on to um, the union the country our country you know the the the, the central issue in that then is still the central issue in this today. States' rights and the freedom of man. Those are the central issue. That was the central issue then. That's the central issue now. States' rights and the freedom of man. Don't care what color they are because, hey, let me tell you something. There are way you can believe this or not. Let me tell you something. You can believe this or not. Believe this or not. There are far more people in bondage today. Red, yellow, black, and white that are suffering the lash, the sting of murder and beatings and brutality than they than was happening back. Oh, I'm no, I'm stepping out on the line right now. But there is an institution in America that has existed for nearly as long as slavery itself existed in this country. Slavery only existed 86 years, 87 years, right, in this country. Once America became a country, slavery only existed for 86 years, 1776 to 1865. You, 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 you can't, I mean, in, fact, in fact, it wasn't that long because Lincoln actually uh, signed the decree a couple of years earlier. I think it was 61 or 63. No, it's 61, I believe it was. He signed the decree. But uh, every, everybody didn't get their, you know, emancipation until the war was over. Yeah, and, 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 and what the Democrats have done, they have reinstitutional, they have reinstituted the institution of slavery in this country. And guess what? They are bellyaching about it. Oh, you don't hear me. You, you don't want to hear me. You do not want to hear this message because it is one that will slap you into back into reality. There is more brutality of men against men, society against itself, that's going on right now than ever happened. Yes, I'm saying that ever happened. There are there's human cargo. We're belly aching about the 1619 project when there's human cargo being 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 exploited right 
now. And you are being so duped. You are being so misled. Wake up. Lincoln didn't care, didn't want to really free the black folks. Really, Lincoln really didn't want to free the slaves. That's what you, you will hear from uh, your left-wing pundits, your far left, your left-wing pundits, period. You'll hear that from some people in the Republican Party who have sold their souls to the Chinese. You'll hear that from them. Lincoln didn't really want to free... Uh, uh, the slaves. I don't care if Lincoln wanted to, didn't really want to free the slaves. He did it. And guess what? John Wilkes Booth thought that that was his, his, his purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guy who shot him. Thought that, that, that he, he, he was a lover. <laughs> oh Yeah. The guy who shot him thought so. So don't give me this modern day revision of of, of, of our history, especially here on the hallowed day of uh, the 44th president of the United States, who was duly elected, by the way. Unlike the one that they call president now, uh, at least Obama was uh, uh, duly elected. He was really elected president of the United States twice. Y'all did it twice. Now, that's what I couldn't believe. I could not believe that you did it twice. My goodness. Twice. You elected Obama twice. Well, today's his birthday, and uh, all of you know that uh, he was planning on throwing that birthday bash. I'm kind of behind this curve because, I, like I said, I've been gone a couple of days. And uh, he was going to throw a birthday. It's still going to come off. There's still going to be 500 folks there. They're, they're going to still do what they want to do. You know why? Because he's an elitist, man. Girl, woman, boy, he's an elitist. You better believe it, boy. He's an elitist. They do what they want to do. And no, they do not believe that this virus is real. No, they're not scared and running for the hills for their lives. And let me ask you this while we're at it. Let, just, just let me ask you this while we're at it. Let me ask you. Uh huh. Let me ask you, if, uh, if this was as dramatic and dire as they say it is, you know, 82, 83 year old Nancy Pelosi, if this was as horrific, horrifying, as as they want you to believe, because they, they have listen back up in up in Washington now. Although I do see more uh, than I used to back when they were really scared up there, when when Bauer really had them shut down. And by, that's another one. She's another one who's a big hypocrite. 
and they try to explain it away, and you buy it. You don't. You let them get away with it. Would the news media let anything? If Donald Trump had been been uh, decrying, and if we Republicans had been decrying that we need to wear a mask, we need to wear a mask for over a year. We need to wear a mask in order to protect, be a good neighbor, and protect people who are sick, so we don't kill grandma and all that kind of thing. If if we had been saying that very thing, and then got caught anywhere. In the shower, if we had gotten caught in the shower without a mask, (laughs) uh, you wouldn't hear the end of it on the news cycle. You wouldn't hear the end of it on Fox. Oh, they bring Shepard Smith back to to, to, to tear down uh, the... what was going on as far as the hypocrisy was concerned. But when, when, when they are busted, cold busted, the way they were without their mask on, even though they have told you that you'd better mask up again and you're telling you that your children are going to have to mask up again. And you're buying that. You're, you're, you're standing still for it. You're going to go get that, that shot in your arm. You're going to go get poked. Yeah, you're going to go get, and the listen, if you've been vaccinated, why are you afraid of me? And if you're vaccinated, why then am I afraid of you if I'm not? Can't you see how much bull is being, you're like a mushroom. You're being kept, they want to put you in the closet, in the dark, and feed you BS. All day long. And hopefully you'll sprout from that BS what they want you to be. Something to keep them high. Your vote. What usually pops up off of BS is psilocybin. Uh, yeah, magic mushrooms. That's re- And they're wanting you to take that. They want you. <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about magical mystery tour. That's what you're on, America. They have you on a magical mystery tour because they have treated, not only have they grown you as mushrooms, they have fed you to yourselves. You are cannibalizing yourselves right now through the premise and through sailing on the shallow sea of color. You're tripping. Yes, you are. And you're tripping off of the bad medicine that they are growing in you, through you, by keeping you in the closet and feeding you BS. Granted, there are people who have died with COVID just like there are people who have died with the flu. But I do know this. I have, in fact, I I can't even remember how many funerals I've done over the last 35 years, 35, 40 years. I cannot tell you how many funerals I have performed. But I, I, I do know this, that there are many people who had heart problems and got the flu. And it killed them 
but they didn't die of the flu. No, they actually died from complications of the heart problem that couldn't handle the, the, the fixing it so that the body couldn't handle the flu and the heart problem. So they died with the flu from a heart problem. Now, that, that's, that's really, uh, now I know the doctors will, will uh, I'm not a doctor. I've never, we, I did play one once in, uh, on a, in a high school play. I have played one on stage, <laughs> but not on TV. Um, I know the doctors and you medical journal readers out there may say bah humbug to what CL saying, but, but you can have one thing that that's not killing you. And along comes something outside of that, that causes your body to be even more weakened. And it, it's not it's not the, the 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 flu or the cold that killed grandma. Now grandma was ninety seven years old, and she got a cold. But it was her age, and her the, the wear and tear on her body that killed her with the cold. She was with the cold. She died with the cold, but she didn't die from the cold. She died because. She had lived so long, and she just was tired. Her body couldn't fight them both. That's what happens with COVID. If you if you were challenged that way, and some people hadn't known that they were challenged, and, and you ask people, well, were they sick? And they say, no. Well, no, you didn't know they were sick. They were sick. Everyone that I know, and I've had it, I've had COVID. Everyone that I know who has had COVID, and survived. And that's 98% of the people I know. And I've had friends die from it. I re- I've had friends. I've had a, a, a son, um, one of my ministers, son, ministerial sons, um, his son died from it. With, well, died with COVID. But his son weighed nearly 400 pounds. Are you hearing me? So, so he didn't die from COVID. No, 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 no. He weighed nearly 400 pounds and he happened to contract COVID. And because COVID had delivered a punch to him a little bit heavier, in fact, uh, quite a bit heavier than the flu would, he couldn't handle what his body was lacking and what COVID was demanding as far as the fight was concerned. So he died. And that's what happens. Listen, I'm going to be back with uh, Nadra Enzi. These killings, uh, where do we place the blame for this? I mean, the killings, the shootings, like in New Orleans. Where do we place the blame for this? I'm CL. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, coast to coast, border to border, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. But something bad is happening, folks. I got to tell you, you ought to know it. If you have any form of communication, you ought to know what's going on in this country right now. It ain't good, Uh, especially on the streets of our major cities cities. One of them that's near and dear to my heart, that's where my folks came uh, to be uh, here in Louisiana, well, in Louisiana, I'm in Florida, but in Louisiana, uh, that's where my folks came to be, was in down in New Orleans. And, uh, and so I was really appalled when I heard about the, the melee that was going on in the streets of Bourbon there in the historic uh, French Quarter. Of New Orleans, and and I have on with me uh, someone who has been on many times with me. He's a friend of mine, Captain Black uh, Nadra Enzi. Welcome back to the CL Bryan Show. How are you, brother? I'm excellent. I call some brothers good brothers, but for you, how are you doing, my good good brother? God bless you, my friend, and to God be the glory. Thank you so much. Uh, for your friendship as well, Nadra. Nadra, listen, we were listening to the uh, television. I was I was out of town, and I just had it on in my, my hotel. And I was listening to the television um, there, and I, I boom, 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 but New Orleans is just, you know, there are people running for their lives. But Nadra, this is a black... Tell, tell us who goes, who was killed, and tell us who was shooting. Tell us who shot, tell us who got shot. Talk it to us about it. This is and not Orleans, unusual. No, no. New Orleans is, as you know, and as many listeners know, it's a majority black city. It's a majority democratic city. Uh, you know, I, I deal with people in a nonpartisan fashion, so I can say this with no fear of contradiction. There are no evil Republicans lurking around New Orleans, hypnotizing black children and black men and telling them to go out and commit crime. So this is an internal problem that, unfortunately, is not being managed very well. Let's talk about it then, Nadra. Let's talk about that then. Okay. 
Uh, let's put that ghost to rest. That's that's one ghost of Louisiana and Mississippi and, and America that we can put to rest right now is that there are no Republicans uh, or conservatives or even white folks roaming around in New Orleans or Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, uh, doing these types of things, Houston, doing these types of things. Nadra has pointed out it's internal. Let's talk about that internal. Nadra said, it's black kids, black babies, black men doing some shooting, and black women are getting hit, and black children are dying because of it. Is it then a black man's problem? Shouldn't black men step up and say, hey, enough is enough. Talk to us. Absolutely. And they have. We, you know, a gentleman I call our number one crime fighter and mentor, Brother Al Mims. Grew up in one of the most uh, plagued areas of New Orleans, Central City. He's been mentoring. He's been standing up for the police. He's had his house shot up. He's had his life threatened by a parolee who actually helped get out of prison. This is the type of person that the media does not always go to because there's a narrative. Unfortunately, too many of our black elected officials and Reverend, and I say this reverently, some of our ministers of the gospel are more dedicated to an ideology than they are the safety and stability of our community. You know, there are a lot of men out here who are mentoring, who are walking the streets, who are mediating disputes, who are risking their lives and spending precious few dollars trying to keep people alive and provide opportunity. But the focus is on just this kind of slavish devotion to an ideology that says, hey, I don't care if you broke into 100 houses, and in, in the future segment, I'd like to share with you a prayer meeting I had at 3.50 in the morning involving myself and a gentleman who was climbing in through my window who almost met Jesus. You hey, God bless him because it's better you than me having encountered him. He would be with the Lord right now, I, I would hope. But uh, <laughs> and, in, and in New Orleans, uh, and I would be in jail despite what uh, the state law says. I mean, this is what we're talking about: such a dedication to an ideology that you will undermine state law on self-defense. You will undermine state law on prosecuting carjackers, armed robbers, and burglars, you, you're certainly doing all of that, and you fill our mostly black city, our mostly working-class city, with career criminals who should be incarcerated. And now, when you fill in COVID-19, you've got another ideological reason not to incarcerate them. Our DA has made it clear he campaigned on a platform of not trying juveniles as, an adult, as adults which means if, if one of them beats your grandmother with a crowbar and cripples her for the rest of her life, let me give you a real-world example. Wow, wow, wow. All I can say, Nadra, all I can say is that he, and, and listen, Lord, forgive me for saying this, but if that happened to, to, to my grandmother, he's a dead man. Mm-hmm. Seriously. But this, these are the choices that people being put into. The priority is being placed. When I look at a lot of, because like our election season has just started, every seat is up from the mayor to all the city councilmen. 
and everybody's platform looks like they're auditioning to be the executive directors of social service agencies. Nobody's talking about going to the federal government and saying, well, can the U.S. attorney prosecute carjackers and shooters and parole violators since our DA has made it clear that he refuses to prosecute violent crime. We got a lot of people on the streets now who have shot more people possibly than some of our veterans coming home from Afghanistan. Wow, man. You know, when you say that, when you when you put it in that context, Nadra, uh, that is so easy to see. Michelle, I want to get Mims. You talk, You said this fellow, the fellow mentor that you're talking about, I'd like, I'd like to have him on the show, and then I'd like Brother for you to come Al on Mim. the show with me. Sure. Let's, let's sure. do that. You know, Michelle, hook that up. What I love about platforms like yours is we get to hear about the side of the black community that our liberal friends, unfortunately, don't want to talk about. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to talk about it. This is the bridge to conversation. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. And and Nadra, get him for us. Tell him, Michelle, uh, we're going to get him on. Uh, I know you can hear me. Uh, Michelle, uh, let's get him on next week, uh, as early in the week as possible, maybe Tuesday of next week. Nadra, let me ask you this then. Uh, you, you are identifying uh, then the, the, those who do step up. Why? Let me ask you this question. You said that Mem's house was shot into and that you, who knows why they're burglarizing, trying to burglarize you. They may be. Nadra, just be careful, brother. God, God bless you. May his angels go before you, behind you, and stand beside you, brother. That is my prayer for you. But why would someone like Mims be a target of the people who he's helping the most? How twisted have we gotten when we actually try to take out the folks who are on our side? Brother, I'm laughing because one of the things that Brother Mims always says is that I have problems with people I've always tried to help. There is a resentment. See, the, the people who try to hurt Brother Mims, the people who threaten him, these aren't representatives of the black community, but they are representative of a mindset that's been allowed to destroy the black community. We weren't always like this. This is a fairly recent development, but it's getting very, very bad. People like him who get up in the morning, mentor children, stand guard at playgrounds, run errands for people, pray and cry with people, attend over 2,000 funerals of mostly black juvenile murder victims. The people who support that type of uh, behavior resent it. Wow. These aren't all black people, because most black folks are not out here. You know, let me, let me just give a, a memo, FYI, most Negroes are not out here robbing and stealing, <laughs> but the ones who are are being used by our liberal friends, have to be honest. Oh, yeah. Folks. Yeah. And for fundraising. Because every time you hear, well, we need to decriminalize, we need to do this, we need to do that, I just want you to do a little little thought experiment. If this were a skinhead with a swastika tattooed in the middle of his forehead, and if he had beaten up this woman, this is an actual case that happened here, ran over her with her own car, and the DA 
would have given a stick again, and then with a swastika stick attached in the middle of his forehead, would have given him six months in juvenile boot camp and probation. People would be out here in the streets rioting. Right? White, liberal, conservative, Christian, Jewish, or none of the above because they would be outraged. Nadra, they would be calling for him, his skin to be peeled in Jackson Square. That's what they would be crying for. They would be. They would want his skin to be peeled off of him in Jackson. Not off of the rest tonight. Yes, and, and, and see that you just pointed out something that is just. We do this to our black folks are doing this to themselves. We, we're doing. We're 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 playing the double standard against ourselves as far as letting folks get away with stuff in our own community that we would not allow someone else to get away with. Now, and again, I ask your, your listeners to imagine if Biff got up in the morning, left the suburbs, and Biff just, you know, coincidentally happens to be a member of his parish, which is Louisiana, as you know, for county, the public executive committee. And if Biff goes to who knows, maybe a store or something. And if Biff shot up a bunch of people and waited for the police to come and said this was his political statement because he doesn't like the people he shot. Can you imagine the outcry? If his cat, his dog, and everything else, people would be trying to kill because he did this. And again, we're not talking about vigilantism against no, 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 no. We're not. Ta- we're not advocating. Hey, let me put that. Make that clear. We're not advocating vigilant vigilanteism at all. Although we do the understand same we- outrage that we had against Dylan Roof for the demonic, satanic murder of people inside their churches. Well, guess what? There are black versions of. Oh my God! Yeah. Politics or yeah or white supremacy. We need to have the same level of discussion because it's our children, our women, our homes, our young men that are being affected. The liberals who live in the gated communities or the suburbs, they don't have to face the consequences of their permissive policies. And to be honest with you, some libertarians on the right have the same fantasy that they say, well, you know, if we just release this guy who's a career armed robber, he'll be so grateful to us that we didn't give him the 20 years that his last armed robbery earned that he won't do anything bad again. And, of course, he goes out and commits more armed robbery, or maybe this time he kills somebody because you're telling him that he's special and that there are no consequences to his actions. New Orleans has criminals with the highest self-esteem possibly in America. Wow, wow. Some people may think that's good, but for the victims of this high self-esteem, it's not good. Because when somebody wakes up in the morning and... Michelle, I think I lost him. Nine times out of ten, the current sheriff will have the jail release him. And nine times out of ten, even if it goes to court, the current DA is going to try to plead it down, usually from the felony that it was, to a misdemeanor, and he'll be back out on the street on probation that he's not going to go to, but he doesn't have to worry because nobody's going to arrest him for violating probation. You know, a friend of mine, um, 
a friend of mine was in an accident uh, not long ago, hit by from behind by a guy in, in her car uh, who had no insurance. Uh, he, he, he has this jacket of of crime and all of that. And uh, when they get when he gets to the court, the judge actually asked him, "What does he want to do today?" And 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 and, and it, it, it just it's just amazing uh, that, that question. To a person who has that type of criminal record and behavior, why would you ask him that? Is that the way our criminal justice system is going? We're asking the criminals, okay, what? How can we make this better? Does is that a farce? Is that an absolute farce? Talk to us, man. Got about uh, two minutes left in this segment, but stay with me through the break. Go ahead and go ahead and start your 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 answer, Nadra. Oh, yeah, the joke is on us, and I've got a special message for conservative listeners because it starts in the hood, but it's always going to end up in the heartland. It starts in the hood. Oh, Nadra. Hey, I may have to steal that one, man. Uh, it, it starts in the hood, but it always ends up. In the heartland. I like that. I like that. I like that. Hey, listen, I'm on with Nadra Enzi. Nadra, tell folks how to get a hold of you and how to bring them to you. Uh, he has a special take on things, folks, and it's through the eyes of someone who is who lives it. You, you just heard Nadra say that, hey, he had a 3 o'clock in the morning prayer meeting with a fellow who was coming in through his window. Yeah. And uh, he, and the fellow, I'm sure, does not know how close he came to meeting with the Lord. I hope he had his business straight. That's what I'm talking about. You see, and, <laughs> and, and, and hey, the, the, the nation was won and defended. That's a beautiful, beautiful image there, Nadra. The nation was won and defended with the firearm, the Second Amendment right that you have. It wins your freedom and it defends your freedom. Just look at the countries that don't have uh, the freedom you have to own a firearm. You let them take your guns away, I guarantee, to guarantee you one thing, it is over. Nadra, we'll be back with you. Hold on right there. Michelle, keep him right there. I'll be right back with Nadra NZ Captain Black. He's going to tell you how to get a hold of him uh, on the other side of the break uh, and how to bring him to a place where you are because, hey, you need to hear from folks like Nadra. You need to hear how it is on the streets of a place like New Orleans. And, 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 and New Orleans is, is at one time was the murder capital of the United States. That's right. New Orleans, Louisiana, not too many. Uh, in fact, it is, I think it's one and two, maybe number three all the time. So, so you heard Nadra say it's, it's mostly a black city. So guess what? That ain't a fed problem. That's a black folks problem. Oh, we're going to talk about it because if skinheads were doing what black folks are doing right now, you would want them peeled alive. I'll be back. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. And for the flag I stand. CL throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the planet. That is America. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there you will see the Talk Monster billboard. Yeah, that's Red State. We're the Talk Monster, the number one talk platform in the nation. Yeah, we are. And every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up there. And C.L.'s looking back at you there in Times Square. Yeah, it's above Ripley's, believe it or not. Everything's getting back to normal, but everything's going crazy because violence. Cops are being um, defunded. Criminals are taking advantage of it. Uh, And people like Nadra Enzi is trying to keep you safe. Trying to keep himself safe, trying to keep I'm trying to keep me safe and uh, looking out for, for those around me as well. And so it, it's gotten it's the it's the wild, wild west. You know, if you go back a little ways, you remember that one. It's the wild, wild west in America right now. And old people are, 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 are taking the brunt of it. Young children are taking the the the, the brunt of it. It's time for those who it's where it's coming from. It's time for those people, black people, the people that I come from in this country. At least half of me comes from those people. And hey, let me tell you something. You better wake up. Nadra Enzi is my special guest. And Nadra, tell everybody how to get a hold of you before we continue with our conversation. Sir, at Tap Black, Real Boom, that's B-R-O. On Instagram and Twitter, two platforms you can find me as well as Facebook. Welcome to conversation. Always interested in building coalitions. You don't have to have the same belief. You need to adopt the same tactics. How important is it to build coalitions, uh, Nadra? A lot of people don't understand what it is to to network and to build coalitions of people who are not necessarily in your uh, uh, wheelhouse. Uh, how important is that? Talk to us. If a crime victim, of whom I've met many, is healing from just being assaulted, it doesn't matter what that person's political ideology is. It's immaterial about his or her party affiliation. What matters is, is the person all right? And in a city like this, where people have lost even the semblance of confidence in law enforcement, can we persuade the person to make a police report so that it is documented so that hopefully by some infinitesimal measure 
you can reduce the number of people who might be victimized in the same area by the same suspect. What it means is that the fact that you're a Bernie supporter, like many members of my coalition here in New Orleans, is immaterial to a greater fact. You don't want to get knocked in the head. You're tired of your stuff being taken, and you want results. The big house Democrats here have essentially given diplomatic immunity to criminals. But ironically, the grassroots Democrats here are feeling the impact. I mean, we're having so many carjackings that people have lost count. And we had a tragic murder of a woman, Portia Pollard. She was um, and is loved in the community, the black nationalist community, the white liberal community, the big mainstream left community here. She was getting ready for work a couple months ago when somebody stabbed her, killed her. Now, 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 and and Nadja, I want you to speak up a little bit louder, but let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. She was, describe, describe how this murder took place. She was getting ready for work around 730 in the morning. She exited her home to go to her vehicle. A carjacker, almost in his 50s, very old for this type of uh, so-called work. Stabbed her to death and took her car. Wow. She, now, this dude accomplished one thing. He united black nationalists, leftists, white conservatives, atheists, born again, holy rollers, and no rollers behind the fact that this beautiful woman being murdered was something that the community could not accept. And our Bernie supporters, our Hillary girls, our lifelong Democrats were screaming at local elected officials, why was this man out on an ankle monitor? Why wasn't this man in prison? And what is the sentence that he's going to get for murdering somebody who united this community? I, uh... you know, this, is what, this is the flip side of the ideology, that people are dying who don't have to die, that people are being harmed who do not have to be harmed. I have worked with uh, police officers in other parts of the country, in fact, up in Tampa and out in Los Angeles as well, Uh, well, up in Pomona, Pomona, California, uh, when Jane and I lived out there many years ago. But you have to find the source of who is stripping these cars and paying these guys the money to car, because they, they, they don't have anything to do with the car. They, they need to sell it to somebody, or and, and if you sell the car to somebody, you're going to get caught with it. So what they're doing is stripping them down and selling the parts. You have got to identify uh, who is buying and paying for these parts, and you will cut that out, although that does not mean that the crime will go away. True. That's one of the things that I do agree with, with our new DA, because that's one of the focuses of these uh is prosecutions of car theft for juveniles who are being put up to do this. But the other end of this equation that he didn't talk about, and oftentimes our police don't, many of the juvenile car thefts or carjacking is for joyriding. Maybe to be used in another crime, but oftentimes it's just a thrill of dominating somebody saying, hey, I took somebody's car, we drive around in it until we wreck it. Or it runs out of gas, and then we just jump out, 
and we steal another one. Wow. You know, there's no master plan behind all this. It's like, oh, well, you know, every carjacking or every car theft must be because they want a, a throwaway vehicle when they commit another crime. Sometimes yes, but often no. So sometimes it's just to joyride. You know, Michelle, we got to get we got to get Mario Mario on the phone, uh, and Mario tells a great story about a former life, and now uh, he he's a guy who can be a mentor to so many uh, throughout this country. Mario Chavez is a very good friend of ours, and uh, who can tell a story about how he he knows exactly what it is to carjack and all that kind of thing. Uh, back when he was a, a young kid, and he's a wo- wonderful story. He is. And I certainly hope he becomes mayor of Shreveport, Louisiana. But anyway, anyway, all that aside, Nadra, where do we go from here? What now? This Biden administration certainly is friendly to the crime that's going on. They're, they're hypocrites as far as Corona, uh, this virus is concerned uh, and all COVID, COVID-19 and all that's concerned. They don't care. There's people pouring across our borders. They don't wear any masks. They don't wear nothing. They probably hadn't had any shots or anything like that. So what, where does this farce go? How far does this farce go? To be honest, it goes only as far as we allow it. Now, on the local level, in New Orleans, the mayor and the entire city council is up for re-election. If voters are not going to demand results, action plans that include aggressive prosecution, and into a federal consent decree that is depopulating NOPD. It's 500-plus officers down now, a 45-year loan. If we're not talking about that, if we're not hearing that type of uh, prescription from our politicians, then what you're going to end up seeing is what happened weeks ago when a lady was doing a food delivery. And she had a vehicle parked in the streets with a hazard lights on while she was going to deliver her food. Her intuition told her to look, and sure enough, a young man had jumped into the car seat, and she quickly ran to her vehicle to get her pistol out of the front door. And she retrieved the pistol, pulled, you know, got pulled down the shirt and the shirt over his face to cover his face, saw he was a teenager. And only because he was a teenager, she didn't shoot him. But when he took off, she finds several miles at him. Now, most adults have not heard a gunshot in anger in their direction in their lives. When you talk about mentoring, for my brothers who are members of the Democratic Party, and FYI, I'm I'm no party. I, I left the Republican Party. We will talk about that on another show. But for my brothers in the Democratic Party, you are almost invisible men in your own party and in your own narrative. Young black men will be best mentored by older black men. If you are not demanding your place at the table to address these problems and you will accept policies that are dooming your young men and unfortunately a number of older ones to lives of crime and No, it's not all of us. It's a number of us. National thought. Our young men are dying from homicide, not a virus that came in from China, but viral violence that is coming from our neighborhoods. And if that's not important enough to you, that's not, you know, there's nothing else I can say. Because once again, if it was Tad from the Tea Party, 
running around shooting young black people, shooting pregnant black mothers, shooting people at the graduation parties, shooting people at parties on porches, and these are all incidents that happen every year. If it was Taft and the Tea Party doing it, you'd have federal troops in the streets. Yeah, you would. Yes, you would. If 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 Tea Party grassroots, even conservatives, uh, listen, I don't care who you are. If you're not with their program, if you did anything close to this, Guantan- you might wind up in Guantanamo Bay for all we know. As far as they might, they might, you never know. I wouldn't shed a tear, but this is what happens when ideology becomes more important than your identity, more important than community, and definitely more important than safety. Nadra, tell everybody how to get a hold of you again. I got to go. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. You got it. Cat Black Real Bro, B-R-O, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. God bless you. God keep you. Nadra, man, it's always great talking to you. You're always enlightening. Thank you, man. Thank you, Pastor. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryan Show. That was my good friend, Captain Black, Nadra Enzi, telling us like it is uh, there in New Orleans. And hey, every day you need to understand something. You are being fed a bill of goods and you are being treated like mushrooms all over the place. Got you in the dark closet and feeding you BS on a daily basis. That's what's happening to you. You are being fed and you like it. You are high on your own supply of BS. You're tripping, America. What? Come down. You are tripping. And you have people making, talking about being gaslighted. <laughs> you are being uh, treated as though you are nuts. And you're beginning to believe it. Because of the things, the things that you're doing indicates that you're buying into the fact that you're nuts. The things you're putting up with is buy, you're buying into the fact that you're nuts. Yeah, you're being gaslighted for sure. That's a old-fashioned term that's new now. Old-fashioned term that's new now. People don't really know what it means. Uh, I'll maybe I'll explain it to you. I'll be back. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, Mars. I'm just a pilgrim on this road. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show.
throughout the rooted plains and across the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Welcome, welcome to, welcome back to the second hour of the C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back, all of you across the fruited plains, traveling through Times Square. Look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there you will see the Talk Monster billboard, the Red State Talk billboard. We are the number one talk uh, platform in America, Red State. You can get us on iTunes and everywhere, uh, no question about it. And, of course, you can also go to 605-562-4209 and just dial that in. or It'll pop right up. You can listen to Red State on that, my app, uh, Red State app. You can hear us everywhere around the globe. But we're, we're huge, and I certainly do appreciate uh, you all coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation. Now, I just had on uh, in the last hour, um, the, uh, he is a community protector. He's sort of like, uh, guardian angels down in new Orleans and, um, Nadra Enzi. And my next guest, I really want to hook the two of these, uh, these two up. Uh, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver is on with me and Nadra Enzi is down there in new Orleans. I really think, uh, this, this could be a good pairing, uh, here, Michelle. I really think it could be, I was just thinking about that. Uh, through the the news break, uh, what a pairing uh, this could be. In fact, this could be a, a pretty dynamic trio if uh, we ever uh, got it, got us all together in one place. And so uh, I want to bring on now. We were talking about Nadra and I were talking about uh, how the the crime in the black community, whether you're talking about New Orleans, whether you're talking about Detroit, or wherever you're talking about in this country, Houston, Los Angeles, whatever you're talking about. We're talking about black-on-black crime in particular. Now, when we look at the solution then, shouldn't black men step up to the plate and take this problem on themselves? Help me welcome back to the show uh, someone who has had family members of her own lost to this type of crime. My good friend, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show, Doc. How are you? I'm well, Theo. Thank you so much. God bless you, and thank you for having me. God bless you, uh, Dr. Tarver. And let me ask you this. Uh, let's open our conversation. Let's just wade right on in. Uh, you have had family members in your own family uh, who have yes. lost their lives to, to this type of violence. Talk to us about it. Talk to us about the hurt. Talk to us about that type of uh, uh, trauma that goes on in a family when this happens. So one of the, the spoken issue in the Black Lives Matter movement was the killing of black people by black people. And my family members, three of them, two cousins and one niece murdered. My niece was murdered in Atlanta, Georgia. One cousin, she was 17 here in Lansing, Michigan. And I had another cousin in Chicago murdered. When we went to her funeral in Chicago, They had to have the police there because they expected retaliation uh, against those who came and attended the funeral. And this, this is the life that we have led in our family with great loss, whose names were not Brianna Taylor or uh, George Floyd or anything like that. They, They had names and they were part of our family. My, 
my husband, Clint, three nephews murdered in Detroit at the hands of black men, shot in the head, two of them shot in the head in front of their mother's home. And so this, this is the reality from the same sister, the same sister lost three sons to violence and murder. And we, we are not getting accustomed to it. And it's not going to be something that needs to be silenced so that people who are uh, randomly uh, killed by white police officers, as rare of an incident as that is, do not get the headlines when our loved ones have gone. And so they're not going to address an issue that they refuse to acknowledge. You know, Doc, uh, when, when, when you say that, it brings to mind uh, this if there were, because we're supposed to believe that there are white skinheads and Klansmen running around everywhere hunting down black folks and killing them in the street. If that were true, somebody would be screaming for them to be skinned alive. How come the outcry, as you are describing, how come then the outcry is not the same when you have the same black terrorists running around in our street? Why is the news media so silent? Why are our politicians that we elect and send to office, why are our preachers in the pulpit not having a public meltdown over what's happening? Talk to us, Dr. Tarver. Well, my pastor had a conversation with the young people about how to be stopped in a police car, how to be, you know, how to address this so you are not killed. What they needed to have was a conversation of how to date someone who is not a fool so that you don't get yourself killed, how to stay within the uh, the parameters of dating folks who love the Lord, who are saved, and who are not a fool who don't have a rash of violence and a temper to go with it, how not to tolerate getting slapped up one time because it won't end. That is what we should be teaching. But instead, they took this Black Lives Matter movement to revisit. These black men and pastors took this Black Lives Matter movement to revisit their traffic stop that they felt offended by and not really dealt with the issues facing the the um, the black folks in general, which is black on black crime. We, we have black on black crime. Black women are number one out of all. We make up 14, 7% of the population is black women. We're number one to die from domestic violence. Wow. We're number one. Wow. And yet we are not talking about the issues related to our death and the abuse that we, we have. We are women of color, number one to be human trafficked, number one. And yet we're not dealing with the abuse and misuse of our people. We, wow. we refuse to deal with the issue, and we have these social justice champions that are not dealing with it. And what they have turned into are vagabonds, these criminals who want to take over the, the cities that they live in and and white liberals and I'll go with white liberals and black pastors and black quote black leaders have allowed it and permitted it and what they have done is that they have instituted policies and these are policies across urban communities and across states that will perpetuate 
this type of behavior. And yeah. it, I've had enough is enough of it. I'll give you an example. In California, you can steal up to $950 worth of, of merchandise and not be arrested. In Illinois, you have a no-cash bail system. No-cash bail means that you can beat a black woman near death. She's in the hospital for three days, and you're out in three hours. And if you think that she's going to press charges when she gets out of the hospital, think again. Wow. So you, you've got these systems set up. And in Lansing, Michigan, Lansing, Michigan is not a Detroit. Lansing, Michigan, the Ingham County prosecutor, you should look it up. Ingham County prosecutor decided that black people are being stopped at an alarming rate. And therefore, if you stop a black person or any person in Ingham County, Michigan, with a taillight out or expired cab, it doesn't matter if they have a dead body in the car. She is not going to prosecute for any felony as a result of a traffic violation she doesn't like. Oh, my God. That's the new Negro policy where I live. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you hearing what's going on? Are Mm. being passed by liberal, white liberals, and at the acceptance of black, black liberals and those who have lost their way. This is the bridge to conversation. And everything, everything that Dr. Tarver, Linda Lee Tarver is my special guest right here, right now. Uh, Everything that Dr. Tarver has pointed out to you, hey, black women, number one, dead with domestic violence. Uh, You're not hearing number one in being trafficked. Uh, is human traffic. You're not hearing this on, on uh, but you're hearing it here. We're building the bridge to conversation while you're, they're feeding you with George Floyd. They're feeding you with George Floyd. Linda Lee Tarver is telling you that that ain't the problem. That ain't the problem. They passed in Congress a, uh, a Asian American Hate Crimes Act. They passed it because they thought that, uh, conservative white uh, radicals are killing uh, because it's the China virus, the Wuhan virus. All of a sudden, these Asian hate crimes are increasing, not by white people and certainly not by Republicans. 86% of the hate crimes perpetrated against Asians are done by black people. 86%. They know that number. And yet they will continue to lie to you about it. And, and Americans, are you hearing this? You are so duped. Hoodwink. Swin, you are so duped that you just believe like sheep everything those folks. Don, you believe everything Don Lemon say to you. And Linda, we got to talk about this. Uh, somehow Don Lemon brought this into my mind. You know today is the, is the birthday of your favorite president. <laughs> That's one? him. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> the day, oh, okay. the day, and uh, and yeah. Linda, they they want us to revere that, and uh, I just imagine you're gonna have all kind of misty eyed talk about about him today. But I, like you said, he he got elected by black, black folks did cast the vote, but he did nothing 
for you. Donald John Trump did way more for you than you than Obama ever thought of doing for you. And so, uh, why yeah. is it that we're so hung up on the color of politics, uh, Doctor Tarver? Talk to us. So the color of politics today is that um, black is trendy. You know, black folks are are trendy because they are feared right now by the liberal left. They they don't want to offend. That's why we have the critical race theory to perpetuate a victimhood oppressor mentality to to give. Black folks, a sense of understanding uh, who they are, identify you are barbaric, you start fires, you're to be feared, and you can do what you want to in your cities, burn them down, loot, steal, kill, and destroy, and uh, we will support whatever you choose to do because you are expressing your social justice action. And until they stop fearing uh, black people, um, then that's when they're going to take back uh, their own city, when they stop fearing uh, black folks. You know, and so when it, that, that's what's going to happen. We're trending right now. Wow. Wow. A fear. L- Linda, you put the perspective uh, in, 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 uh, in, in play early on in our conversation when you said that you as a black woman, you represent 7% of the population, which means that uh, seven point something percent of the population in America, which means that black men, every black man uh, and boy uh, represent then what makes up that six, uh, another six, five and a half, six percent of that population. So we're only twelve point uh, eight, I think, percent of, of the of the American population. So you're saying that six uh, percent of our entire population has us has all of us red yellow black and white because see you and clint i know you and clint have done well in life linda you you are a shaker and mover up there yeah. and, and you've done listen how come they happen to view all of us and and i'm talking about a, there is a fraction of black folks who are really really trifling there's a fraction of anybody in this country Correct. who is really f- trifling in this country but why is it that they paint all black folks as coming from trifling or trifling or headed to trifling in this country and we cannot be any different unless some democrat uh, liberal comes along who has marxist ideas want to help us along talk to us why why is that narrative pushed by black faces on cnn why is it pushed even by black faces on some conservative uh channels talk to us the successful black person who felt as though they are privileged and one-off or exceptional it is not it's not they, they believe that somehow they were the exception and that the, you know, being an exception to this rule means that you have um, a definitive um, uh, skill or you have a something that is to be desired or something that is to be admired, and therefore you, you don't qualify for trifling. The reality is, is that the, my brothers, I, I'm the youngest of 10, none of my brothers have been in prison. None of them. None of them have been in trouble. None of them. And, and so, you know, what, what is the difference between my brothers and others? Some of them 
uh, have dropped out of school um, and did not formalize their education, but they still did not go to stealing, killing, and destroying. And the difference is, is that we had a father in a home. He was a real man, and he raised his son to fear the Lord, to fear and to honor their name. He taught them who they were. He gave them their name, and he taught them they were worth something and a value of hard work. He taught them the word of God. We had a mother who affirmed that, that we had a loving relationship between them. This was not fighting and, and getting all of this done. We, we, were, we had a saved family who loved the Lord. And they worked hard, and they were givers and tithers and believers. And so that is the formula if you do it the Lord's way. If you, if you do it the Lord's way, they had expectations for their children that we were able to meet. They didn't lower their expectations because we, we made mistakes or did everything else. This is the expectation that we have of you because this is the Lord's expectation of you. Wow. And you carry our name. And so that is what we don't have hardly in society because now we are looking at people who have gender dysphoria and they don't know their gender. They don't know their identity. They don't know who they come from. They don't have fathers in the home or the fathers refuse to take interest in them. They have more drugs and and all of this that have been allowed in our society. They have more gangs. They become the, the, the father. The father who is taking care of them is the government, and he is a sorry excuse for a father. He is neither a husband nor a father to children, especially of children of color. We've tried it. It doesn't work, and there is no excuse for it. And some of them just need to have their behinds whooped when they're children. And then you've got this issue of disciplining your children and, and making sure that you give them times out and all of this other stuff. We have bastardized ourselves and allowed for children to raise themselves. Yeah. We, we, that's what we have done. And then we kept them ignorant in these Democrat plantations where the school systems are, are not teaching them how to read. They teach them everything else. They teach them everything else how to uh, get an abortion and where you can get one and how to... Linda, hold that thought. Hold that thought right there. I'm coming up on a break. I want to hold you. I want to hold you over for a few minutes on the other side, and then I'm bringing up Claston Bernard after Dr. Tarver. CL, be back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
lifted high. CL, throughout the fruited plains of America. Over Red State, Red State Talk Radio, coast to coast, border to border, and around the globe. Pick us up on uh, perhaps terrestrial stations that replay the show across the country. I want to thank our friends up there in Utah who do that very same thing as well. And all of you, wherever you are, over in Delaware, wherever you are, thank you so much. Uh, all up and down the East Coast, thank you so much for replaying the show and making the C.L. Bryant Show as popular as it has become nationwide. And I thank all of you who are giving me these invitations. I'm, I just got back from D.C., fixing to head out to uh, Phoenix, then up to up to Utah on two occasions, uh, going up to Utah and then uh, somewhere else that I have forgotten here real soon. Constantly uh, on the road, but it's a fight worth fighting. And someone who helps me fight this fight and uh, comes along with me and has been alongside me. Uh, Black Voices for Trump, CNI Advisory Board, founding advisory board members of uh, Black Voices for Trump. My good friend, uh, Dr. Uh, Linda Lee Tarver and uh, her husband, Clint. The hot dog man. Uh, he is also uh, in this fight uh, with us. She, she has told you about the, the firsthand experience that her family, both both sides, her husband's side, her side of the family have experienced through black on black uh, crime. And we also talked about, as Linda and I can talk about, because we, listen, we've been black all our lives. We understand what this is going on. But when she closed out, when she was closing out, she was preaching about uh, what was going on in this country. And she described to you something that you don't really understand about the black community from the one that Linda and I came from and the type of parents that Linda and I came from. She described my parents to me. She described what they expected of me. And, and, and Linda grew up up north. I grew up down the south. Okay, I, I, it, totally different, but there was still an expectation from black folks who had God-centered uh, 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 upbringings like I did, like Linda did. Everything centered around the church in my home. My father was a deacon of the church. Mother sang in the choir and was there every time the door opened. I was with her. And so this is this is something. This is the story you don't hear. But Linda, you said something that I want to talk to you about. I want to jump off on this conversation right now. You talked, you said these words that somehow they think that you, myself, Clint, and any, any and any one who is successful, who happens to be black in this country, we're the exception to the rule. Explain, explain further for our, our, our Caucasian friends how they may be thinking about us. Talk to us. The narrative that somehow we are all born into poverty and do not have values. We are uh, animalistic because of what a few have demonstrated to be. That is the perception of the liberal left and some on the right who believe what they see from a small few of politically paid agitators and criminals who've been allowed to do that. But the rest of us, the 99% of us, love our family, work very hard, go out about our day, regardless of our backgrounds, and want to see the best. We are, we are part of the fabric of America, love our country, love what we are doing. But the 
small few agitators who get the media attention and get the attention of the liberal left who are coddled do not speak for the rest of us and so somehow don lemon and others believe that they are an exception when truly they are not the rule is you and i the rule is my family i have shared with you that my family is not burning down department stores and going and bursting into liquor stores and doing all that none in my family none of my cousins None of my siblings, none of my aunts or uncles or anybody like that, none of them, or nor my husband. So the rest of our family, the families that we know of, are not partaking in that foolishness and skullduggery. That is not occurring. But the small percentage of those who are paid actors, and when I say actors, I'm not talking about a Hollywood actors, but paid actors to continue a, narr- a narrative to bring fear to the community to engage for these policies that they're going after. These Negro policies, like you cannot show an ID because black people don't have IDs in Georgia. Somehow, nobody should be able to vote in Georgia. That policy to perpetuate this victimization is not part of the fabric of black folks. And that's why they ask white liberals, about their opinions, and they've got a few paid actors who are still perpetuating that great lie. They're looking for policies to tear down the black communities and keep them enslaved on these liberal plantations. Wow. Preach, woman, preach. Linda, tell everybody how to get in touch with you, bring you to where they are so that they can hear you firsthand. Amen. I would be happy to come anywhere in the U.S., and I'd love to join you wherever you are. So if you need me, I'm there for you. But uh, lindaleetarver.com, lindaleetarver.com, or you can email me at linda at lindaleetarver.com, linda at lindaleetarver.com. You know, Linda, um, I had on with me, uh, I call him Captain Black. He's a good friend of mine from down in New Orleans, Louisiana, my home state of Louisiana. Of course, you know I'm in Florida now, but I think the three of us uh, on the road talking what we're talking uh, could be. Uh, I, I think it'd be interesting. Let me let me turn this over and see how to uh, make this happen. See if we can uh, do something uh, to help this happen. And uh, but God bless you and God keep you is my prayer for you, Doctor Tarver. Tell yeah. Clint, tell the hot dog man that I said hello. Uh, please tell him. That, I will do uh, that. Folks. We love you. We we are praying for you continually. We know that you are on the front lines of this battle, and the Lord will give you and continue to give you strength and endurance, and put truth in your in your mouth through His Spirit, and continue to give you discernment. I call you a man of Issachar who knows the time you live in and knows what we ought to do. God bless you. I receive it, Dr. Tarver. Thank you so much, and to God be the glory. Thank you so much for being on with us. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And uh, this, of course, is the bridge that we are building to conversation. You don't hear this kind of conversation on other shows. We're expanding this. I talked to my folks uh, up in um, D.C. yesterday. We're going to expand this. The footprint is going to be uh, heavier on... um, the airwaves is coming and the new the new wave that's coming in. Uh, yeah, you do have your you do have your uh, 
uh, you know, big deals like uh, Fox News and all that kind of thing uh, going on. But no, the new thing that's happening is happening, uh, yes, in terrestrial stations like we're in, but also on platforms uh, that you are listening to now. People are on the go. And, uh, and yeah, you can just drop us into your car and through iTunes, anything you want to do. Uh, uh, play Red State, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. If you want to tune in the C.L. Bryan Show, forward slash C.L. Bryan Show, whatever. It'll come on right in your car, okay, if you got, if you got a new, newer car, all right? Uh, n- not, just, not just any car, I mean, <laughs> but you got to have one. But I was on with uh, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver just in the last uh, segment. And before her, I was on with um, Nadra Enzi, sort of like guardian angels uh, down there in New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, in fact, in fact, my next guest, I'm going to hook you up with Nadra if you don't know him already. And uh, because y'all should know each other. You should know Nadra. And uh, you, myself and Dr. Tarver should go on the road. I'm talking to Olympic uh, decathlete. And there's a lot of things I want to cover with with him. He is becoming a friend. I have not yet met him personally. We've met in other ways, but we have not yet personally. Class, and I can't wait until I uh, break bread with you, man, and and sit down and and buy you some some lunch, dinner, whatever whatever it is, man, breakfast, whatever it is. Uh, But listen, I'm welcoming back to the show right now Olympic decathlete, Claston Bernard. How are you, brother? I am doing well. CL, again, thank you as always for the wonderful introduction. And Nadra, or Captain Black, he is the man. He cares about America. He cares about New Orleans deeply. And deeply to listen to this brother. He yes. is the real deal. Yes, he, he is. is. The real deal. Yes, he is. He's just on the show. I'm trying to figure, Claston, uh, 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 how to get you, myself, Nadra, on the road together, along with Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. And uh, I think the type of message that uh, we can bring and the type of visual coming from uh, our skin tone uh, to America is one that is absolutely needed. And so uh, I'm going to start turning over uh, some things, some rocks, and uh, knocking on some doors and uh, talking to some people about putting this type of uh, seminar on in maybe one or two different uh, three, maybe three or four different locations around the country. And so thank you so much for being on with me. And let's talk about this right now. Uh, when we look at the crime that's happening in places like New Orleans, that shooting down there was just absolutely horrific. But those were black folks by and large. Is this a black problem that black men need to step forward and address and say, hey, look, we're not we just not going to talk. Take this no more. Talk to us about that. Uh, Claston Bernard. You know, uh, there's evil in this world. And um, the more you encourage it, the worse it gets. Um, America has a problem. We are we're in a moral decline. That moral decline can be traced to the liberal movement or the communist movement who was looking for power. The left and the liberal and progressive were looking for power. They saw an opportunity in the innocence of black America coming out of Jim Crow. Black America was you know, was finding themselves, had become very powerful, and these people were able to come into the black community and they were able to to offer um, positions and money 
and benefits to a lot of black Americans for influence. And they've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, for me as an immigrant, I like to, I'm looking from the outside and looking at what's going on. There's not a dog, there's not a bone in the fight for me in the sense of, you know, I didn't, I didn't deal with Jim Crow. Yes, my ancestors were slavery, but I was never a slave. So I have to look at what I see from history. And families work best when they're together, when the man is the head of the household and the man is doing what is necessary. But one of the things I think sometimes with black America, they, when they hear that, you know, there's a lot of degeneracy in the black community, they are just thinking that it's just dealing with them. But they need to remember they are American. Black American problem is an American problem. And we have to always clear that because there's a moral decline in America that it's not stopped. It is going to actually destroy the most vulnerable right now, which is the black community, but it will continue to metastasize and it will, until it destroys us all. Now, these guys pushing these agenda and these guys who are being lax in pushing the laws in these communities, they're guilty. This is what evil looks like. And it, it is what evil is looks are. like. It's what it, Claston, let me ask you this. Let me let me let me ask you this then. Uh, because you, you pointed out the fact that you're an immigrant to the country and an and, and American now and all that type of thing. Has run for office there in uh, Louisiana, should have won. We'll, we'll, we'll back up and try it again. Uh, but, but just the same and come at them stronger next time, class. And we'll, 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 I'll help you more this time. I'm, I'm sorry Thank that you. I wasn't so involved as, as I was. I'll say that to all y'all publicly. Y'all need to get behind the candidates you know are good candidates. You, we can't stand around and see people like Claston lose again when he sh- he could he could and should have won that race. Claston, uh, when we think about uh, our, our communities in, uh, in, in the community and, and, and what is necessary, you and I uh, are considered in the eyes of some people, including black people, all, all Americans, they think that you and I are some kind of exception to the rule. Dr. Uh, Tarver, Linda Lee Tarver pointed this out. She said that, 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 it, that white people, black people who are, are not uh, enjoying the American experience, they think that somehow you and I, with the type of, of mindset that we have to go out there and try and get it, we are somehow an exception to the rule. Did you look at uh, America as a place of opportunity and not just a place where you're going to get some kind of handout? Talk to us about your experience here in this country. It's funny, you know, last night they had, um, you know, uh, some showing details. I think it's authors, uh, authors. That's a um, cartoon. And there was a family getting their citizenship. And, you know, they were talking about the citizenship process. And it was a family from Africa who was getting their citizenship. And my wife said, you know, would you explain to our eight-year-olds how that process works? But what I didn't like from the program was they were just presenting America as just an opportunity. And the parents, they saw America as an opportunity, and they wanted to become Americans. I, you know, this is what I got from the, the program. But I see America more than just an opportunity. I see America as a place that I want to be proud of, and I'm proud of, and this is where I will stand up and fight for what is right. This is where I'm raising my family. So I don't just see America as an economic opportunity. There are a lot of countries out there that offer economic opportunity. But America symbolizes more than economic opportunity. And I have traveled this country extensively. I'm not oppressed. I've never been oppressed by anyone. 
I know this country more than most problems you will probably have on your program because I've seen it up close. And I've seen, I've been in places where I've, I've had to have armed security guards. This is where people look like that. I've been in places where I've seen Confederate flags and I walk around by myself, didn't feel in fear of anything. Absolutely not. You and know? you know what, Claston, let me, let me say this to you as well. Let me ask you this as well. Okay, uh, you have uh, been an Olympic competitor, champion, and medalist. Let, let me let me say let me ask you this because nobody else that I would talk to on this show could answer this question the way you can answer this question. What does it feel like to stand there on the podium and uh, you've accomplished what you you you, you trained to do, but then the 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 the, the national anthem of your country begins to play. I don't care what country you're, you're a part of. What does that talk to us? Try to try to help us understand what it means to turn your back on your flag when you are an Olympic champion. Talk to us, Claston Bernard. You know, I'm, I'm missing, I didn't get an Olympic medal, but I got, uh, you know, I did well in the Olympics. I was a top 10, but I was a Commonwealth Games gold medalist, which is second biggest of, um, outside the Olympics. But Here's the thing. I find it very hard that any athlete from any other country could do that and actually be a part of the Olympic team. Now, these, these athletes, they earned their place in the American Olympic team. I left the American Olympic Association how you know, start putting in place rules that um, deals with that behavior. Unfortunately, we have to deal with that. But when I look at the things that you have experienced and other black Americans have experienced, and listen to these four obnoxious brats, well, I've been talking about being oppressed, oppressed, and uh, how life is hard for them. And I'm not saying life is not, a, you know, it's not hard for people. But to try to say it is because of whiteness or white people or because of the capitalistic system, it is disingenuous. It is fake. It is phony. And it is actually borderline mental illness. Stay right there. Hold it right there, Claston. I'm coming up against a hard break. Stay right there. Stay with me through the break. I'm going to come back with Claston Bernard. Yes, I'm coming back with Claston Bernard when the C.L. Bryant Show returns with more after uh, these messages. Hey, folks, this is where the bridge to conversation is. You're not going to hear this on Fox. You will hear it on the Talk Monster Red State, the largest number one talk platform in America. Yeah, Red State Talk. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. 
God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. Throughout the fruited plains of America, the greatest nation on the face of the planet. You don't have to necessarily believe me. I may be biased. I was I was born on these shores. Uh, I'm not an immigrant, but ask my guest, Claston Bernard, who is an immigrant and has embraced this as his nation, his country. Ask him what's it like to be in America and come to America. And we're going to continue asking him on the line right now. Classen, tell everybody how to get a hold of you to bring you to where they are if they're so inclined. Talk to us. They can get to me at um, Claston via Twitter. I'm on Facebook. They can message me on Facebook, Twitter. They can send me an email um, at claston.bernard at gmail.com. That's how they can get to me. Um, you know, but I wanted to get back to a point because, you know, my thing is not saying bigotry doesn't exist in America, but I want anybody to go to, you know, to tell me which country doesn't. But America is a great country. And I'm, I, my experience in this country has been a wonderful experience. Even with the lows, I've been able to overcome things because there are things in this country that allow you the opportunity to do for yourself. Without being that, be, feeling beholden to anybody, you can do it. The and, ability to do you know, for yourself, uh, not beholden to anybody, you can do it. Those are the words of Claston Bernard, and he's not telling you something that he's read about, that he heard about. He's telling you about something that he has done. Are you hearing me? When I, when I, when, folks, when I tell you uh, about uh, the civil rights era, I was a kid in the civil rights era. I was nine years old when the 64-65 uh, uh, Civil Rights Act was, was signed. I'm not telling you about something I heard about. I'm not telling you about something I read about. I was there. Claston is there. He, he is it's where all of us should be as far as our patriotism is concerned. Claston, what, why, why is, are they trying to groom the, the, the idea of being a patriot out of the hearts and minds of your children and American children, our children? Well, there, there are two answers. One is um, the atheistic philosophy has no place for morality. It has no place for the transcendent um, objective moral Lawgiver. It has no place for that. The other one is the communism. America, since the, the Bolshevik um, revolution, has been under this kind of attack. And they have gotten their claws into the black into black America. They've already had their claws into liberal white America. And liberal white America was able to set their sights on black America into the educational system. But they needed to, to, to create a more atheistic system or philosophy to be able to thrive. And because of that, we're where we are today. Now, in order to destroy the opportunity that America creates, then they need to do away with God. They need to do away with morality. And um, these people need to get rid of the patriotic mindset because the patriot, too much of the patriotic mindset is tied to God. Because as the founders rightly pointed out, um, we're endowed by God with certain unalienable rights among which is life, liberty, and the ability and the, or the pursuit of 
our happiness, the ability to use what God has given us to be providers, to be protectors, you know, to be great patriots for this country. So in order to push this agenda to destroy humanity, they have to... Sorry about that. That's okay. I under listen. This is a technological age where everything talks to us now. <laughs> yes. So you know, so they they don't want people like myself to come here and says, "Man, I am proud of this country. Look what God has done. He's brought me to one of the best countries ever created um, among humanity." They don't want me to say God. They don't want me to believe in the power, the sustainer, and the source behind this universe. They don't want that because in that sustainer and the source behind this universe is objective reality. There's consequences to immoral behavior. They don't want that. Wow. Wow. Claston Bernard has laid it down for us here today. Claston, I want to bring you back. uh, we're, we're, We're running... Uh, down in the show, and uh, but I, I want Michelle. Let's bring him back. Uh, I will be in touch with you personally about uh, this idea that uh, actually uh, stimulated by Dr. Tarver, and uh, you and you. You know what? New Orleans may be a perfect place to kick this off, Michelle. We'll talk about this. And so, but listen, God bless you. God keep you. Tell everybody once again how to get a hold of you. You can find me on Facebook at Claston Bernard. You can find me on Twitter at ClastonB.com. I'm also on Instagram. Um, you know, you can reach me at Claston.Bernard at gmail.com. And, you know, there are different events. From time to time, I'll post on my um, social media that I'll be attending and speaking. Um, so that's not the best way to get to me. There's also a website. It's undergoing some work now. It's ClastonBernard.com. God bless you and keep you, man. I certainly know that you will continue to fight the good fight because, Claston Bernard, you are fighting the good fight. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, CL. I appreciate you having me on. Bless you, man. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, and I want to thank all of my guests today, uh, Nadra Enzi, Dr. Uh, Tarver, on this. This is how we, (laughs) on the CL Bryant Show today, this is how we uh, uh, paid tribute to Obama's uh, birthday, his 60th birthday. He's just a couple of years, a few years younger than me. And um, somehow uh, I, I, um, of course, time, that was 12 years, was it? 14, 14 years ago uh, now that he was in office. So, yeah, it does, time does march on, doesn't it? But this is how we celebrate today. We celebrate today uh, talking about just how deteriorated uh, the mindset of America has become, just how deteriorated the streets of inner city America has become, but just how twisted it is in the thought pattern of white people, Caucasians, about uh, those who, you see, let me put it this way. You see a fella on the street with his pants down around his butt Somehow you think in your mind that that's most black folks and CNN, Don Lemon and people like him 
MSNBC, the usual suspects, they then perpetuate that by saying that you have to kowtow. You have to give way to that when you have not asked me anything. You haven't asked Dr. Tarver anything. In fact, you haven't even asked Don Lemon anything. Because I can assure you that Don Lemon would not, has not, and in, 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 in years, if he ever has, associated with that type of individual. The very person that's telling you who is black, Don Lemon's black, he's from down, down south, down New Orleans. Uh, Don, his family's from down there. Don Lemon is black, but yet perpetuating the lie that all black folks are not like him, which most are. I mean, not not uh, liberal or crazy like him, because he's not Don. He's just perpetuating a lie on the people that he claims to want to help. The hypocrisy again, my fellow Americans, no, no bounds. The hypocrisy is absolutely palatable. Yes, it is. Especially when you see a black commentator giving you an image of black America that, listen, most black folk drive their own cars, buy their own gas, live in their own place, whether it's the house they're buying or a place that they themselves are paying the lease or rent on. The guys you see walking down the street with their pants sagging down below their butts, they're not in a car. Are you hearing me? They're walking. Now, it's not to say the people who have to walk are all bad people. I'm not saying that. Don't don't get this twisted because I know that you're real quick to start to, to try to, to, to get things twisted, okay? You're real quick to do that. So 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 don't get this twisted. I'm not saying that. I am saying, however, that uh, most people who have a job and have been on that job making their way through this life. They're not walking down the street sagging with their pants. They're not walking down the street sagging with their pants down below their, their, their butt, whatever. They're, they're not doing that. Nah. Uh-uh. And if you, Linda used the word fool. She certainly did. If you're foolish enough as a young person to buy into that no, trail to nowhere, that's a highway to hell. If you if you want to join that crowd, you are joining the Legion of the American Damned. Are you are you hearing me? You are joining the Legion of the American Damned. And hey, that doesn't have to be many. There are there are a whole bunch of them though. I forget how many, what's the number now? See, that's that's one of the drawbacks of not preaching in the pulpit every Sunday. I used to know those types of numbers right off the top of my head, how many was in a legion and all that type of thing. When, when, when um, you know, 
We're talking about legions of demons and that type of thing. And there is something that the de- demonic influence in this country is you can feel it. It's, it's tangible. You can feel it from the Oval Office, that room without corners, the Oval Office, to the, the streets of New Orleans, Louisiana. The, 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 the evil that is out there. The salt is still here. The church of the living God is still the only salvation that this world has. The only answer is Jesus the Christ. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Let me tell you something, preachers. You had better preach. Yeah, I would have poured it all out when I stand before him one of these old days, hopefully another 60, 70 years from now. I want to see what happens if the world survives. But I would have poured it all out, all that he gives me. I'm going to pour it all out. I try to do it daily. I try to pour it all out as it channels through. Preacher, you better preach. I'm C.L. and this is C.L. Bryan. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And hey, uh, I'm gonna Jer- I'm gonna get Jared to this. I may not be on live tomorrow, but you, if a, you had a friend that missed this show, we're gonna replay this one on manana. Yeah, tomorrow you need to hear every syllable of what was said here today. God bless you. God keep you is my heartfelt prayer for each and every one of you. Talk to you next time. I'm just a pilgrim on this road